Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? On today's episode, I ask, what is the five of swords? What is the five of wands? What is the five of cups? And what is the five of pentacles have to offer us, me personally, and us as a collective right now in some pretty challenging political times? What are the invitations that these cards are asking for us to explore together. I've been struggling to put into words what I've been feeling in the last week or two, and I've sat down to record this podcast episode a couple of times, and the words have just been blocked. It's like they bubble up from the pit of my stomach and in my heart, and then they just get caught in my throat chakra, and I feel sort of like a bumbling buffoon mess. Um, So let me give you sort of an introduction to the current state of things as I experience it, as I'm experiencing it, um, with some context. So it is June 2018, and if you are listening to this in non-live time, I'll just catch you up to speed with the 24-hour news cycle that we have just recently been um, enlightened by. And that is, in the past two weeks, we have really... um, been made aware of the fact that there's over 2,000 young people that are being held in a variety of detention center situations. So this may or may not have been a new thing. However, it has really um, just been coming to light in the past two weeks for me and for people that are in my social circle. So people that are in my physical life and then also people that are in my um, online sphere. So the 2,000 young people that are being held um, primarily in Texas, though these these, um, children um, as young as eight months old are being held sort of across the U.S. um, as these shelters, detention facilities, abandoned Walmarts um, are reaching um, capacity. So as I understand it, families seeking asylum from many Central American countries, Honduras, Guatemala, um, even Mexico, other Central American countries, um, 
people fleeing cartels, violence, war, um, domestic abuse are making their way to the U.S. to try to seek asylum. And in the current political climate, the moment that they are coming into, um, coming across the border, coming into the United States, they're being detained. Um, everyone is being detained and children are being separated from the adults that they are with. And this is something that has really been triggering a lot of people in my social circle um, to have a lot of really deep feelings, um, both on the personal individual level, but also sort of as a collective um, crying out of like, how can we be, how can we be doing this? How can we be participating in these atrocities? So some context for where I'm coming from. Um, I am a white woman and I am living in Seattle, which is a pretty progressive liberal democratic city, um, on the West coast of the United States. And of course it is not without its issues. Um, so that is not to say that I am better than anyone else. I live at the middle class socioeconomic status and I am queer and I am able-bodied passing which means that the any of the disabilities that I have are not readily apparent to anybody who sees me. I'm an adoptee and I am an ex-evangelical, which is something that really in, informs my experience. I am also a licensed mental health counselor. And so as I've been watching this news cycle, I keep imagining and thinking of my time that I spent about 16 months as a crisis counselor for this very same age group of people. Um, the youngest that we really saw officially was three years old, all the way up to 18 and sometimes to 21. And I have been really heartbroken about thinking about these young people being in a foreign country, not speaking the language and being separated from their parents and the trauma that is happening right now for so many um, young people. Because I'm a student of the tarot and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I've been listening to Lindsay Mack's Tarot for the Wild Soul and her most recent episode was all about tarot and trauma. And so it's something that I would really recommend um, if you're interested in that topic or these topics. I'm pretty sure if you've stuck with me this far, you might at least have sort of a surface level interest to check out her tarot and trauma episode. I'm going to be participating in one of her workshops that she's leading um, in the next month on tarot and trauma. And I'm really interested in it because um, several years ago, I went through a trauma stewardship training and which was all about mindfulness um, and trauma. And I feel like tarot would be a really great addition to that toolkit. So as I've been 
muddling through my own um, experience of watching the news, trying to find um, a way to participate in the democracy and take action against something that I feel is unjust. I've been really thinking about the tarot and how can I use this as a tool to help ground me, to help guide me, give me some perspective for what I can be doing and what I can be thinking um, about. And the thing that has kept coming up is the number five. So in the minor arcana, which is the different suits um, that the tarot has, they're numbered ace to ten. So we have four suits, swords, wands, cups, pentacles, and each of those suits are their own little mini journey from ace to ten. And I and I've been thinking about halfway marks. So the fives are halfway from the ace to the ten, from the one to the ten. And I keep thinking about that halfway mark of exhaustion and conflict and knowing you're, you know, you're on a path and you're on a route, but not being at the final destination. And so as, as I wrestle with sort of the election cycle, we're halfway through an election cycle. Um, President Trump has been in office for two years and or almost two years, we're kind of halfway in, you know, in the next six months, nine months, it's going to start a whole new um, election cycle of um, campaigning. And so we're kind of in that halfway mark. It's not at the beginning and it's not at the end um, of this particular election cycle. And I've also been thinking about how we just passed the summer solstice for those of us that are in the Northern Hemisphere. Again, my perspective is the Pacific Standard Time, you know, Seattle, West Coast, United States. And I, and I recognize that there are people living in a variety of different experiences. Um, so I don't want to exclude them. However, no matter where you are in the world, we just celebrated a solstice, a halfway point in the year. And so I've just been really um, diving into the study of the number fives in the tarot deck, which traditionally are seen as dealing with power and control and sort of this halfway mark. And so I thought that I would just run through the four different suits and talking about the fives, um, talking about these different halfway marks, um, maybe coming up with some ideas of how this could relate and thinking about like, what is the invitation for, for us, for me? Um, but also for us sort of collectively. And when I say us, what comes to my mind is Americans, spiritual white women, um, people who are interested in, um, progressive ideals. That is what comes to my mind, but I want that us to be bigger than that, right? To cut across some of these divides um, that I so easily participate in as well. Um, so what are the invitations that the cards have 
for me personally, but then also for us as a collective. So let's start in. I'm going to start with swords, mostly because swords for me is one of the most challenging um, because it is such an airy in my, in my chart. I actually have a lot of fire and some water and some earth. I don't have a lot of air. Um, and so the air cards tend to, um, the sword cards tend to kind of like make me nervous. Um, and rightfully so the the swords tend to have some pretty challenging, um, imagery. So I wanted to use the Coleman Smith, um, Coleman Smith Rider Weight deck, um, which is the traditional tarot deck that many people are familiar with. And I, the reason that I wanted to use this deck as the basis for um, the podcast episode today is because I feel like we are in a situation where so many long-standing held traditions and systems are still present that we're not even um, consciously aware of. So patriarchy and white supremacy and colonialism, um, those are some of those big things that I think keep influencing us, but really at sort of like a a rippling bedrock underneath um underneath the consciousness. And because the tarot deck came from that medieval Europe, I just thought that the imagery would be um, really potent to deal with, like, let's go back to the beginning of where a lot of this she started. So the five of swords. And swords is the suit of air. It's the suit of thought, um, judgment, some action, um, analysis and the description from the little white book of um, the writer smith weight deck is a disdainful man looks after two retreating and dejected figures their swords lie upon the ground he carries two others in his left shoulder and a third sword is in his right hand pointed to the earth he is the master and possession of the field and the meanings are degradation, destruction, reversal, infamy, and dishonor and loss. So this, this halfway point, this, this five, the conflict around feeling lost, defeated, um, on the other hand, that can also be the person that feels sort of like they're gloating, um, feeling and if you feel like you've lost and been defeated and sort of the person that is winning standing over you, there can be a lot of anger and um, feelings of humiliation and, and even uh, calls towards violence. So this five of swords has really been showing up in my life online and my witnessing and my participating in needless <laughs> social media banter. Um, and some of this is going to go with the suit of wands as well. 
But this idea of just feeling a loss, a defeatedness, um, I've been feeling this as well in the hopelessness. And as I read online and as I really kind of dive in and explore my own experience um, with activism and with um, injustice, realizing just how weak and small my muscles are um, for this 24-hour news cycle. It is so tempting to just want to turn off the TV and shut the computer and walk away and take a bath and hold a crystal and call my friend and get a beer and just be like, bloop, right? I'm safe. I'm in my my little one-story rambler house south of the city and I've got my flowers in my yard and everything is fine, right? Because there's so much hopelessness that can start to well up and overwhelm and the the swirling thoughts and the overanalysis and the judgment and the just the kind of inability to take any sort of action and being in that swirling place is like, I feel, I feel it. And I think that a lot of people are feeling that. Um, I know a lot of my American brothers and sisters are feeling that. And I have a feeling that it's probably worldwide that are people that see what's going on right now in the U.S. and being like, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff going on, but what can I, what can I even do? Um, so where does that leave us? How do we move from helplessness and hopelessness into a place where it's not sugarcoating, it's not spiritual bypassing and just saying, oh, let's like love and light all over the place and everything is going to be fine. And, you know, just think positive thoughts. Like, how do we really examine mental processes? And um, the what do we do when we feel lost and defeated? And I think about this as far as, um, you know, political parties, right? So what do we do? What do we do with that? How do we, how do we move forward into, um, a new way of being? The wands. So we're kind of going from swords, which is really airy and kind of ethereal, um, into the fire sign. Um, I'm kind of working backwards. Often people start with pentacles and work their way up to swords. But so the five of wands um, is described again in the little white book as a posse of youths are brandishing staves as if in sport or strife. It mimics warfare and corresponds to imitation, sham fighting, strenuous competition and struggle, the search for riches and fortune. Um I really liked the description that Bakara Wintner in her WTF is tarot book and how do I do it? And she says that the five of wands is all about unfocused or superficial conflict and sort of looking, looking for a diversity of opinions. Um, but not just kind of like the, the quote in one of the books, um, the complete book of tarot, by um, Anthony Lewis says the the key word for the five of wands is rich kids playing war games. And 
I liked the swords and the wands combined together here because this image of fighting and competition and all these wands up in the air and it being rich, rich people playing war games, right? So there's a little bit of that like disguise or um, just inauthenticity there happening in in the situation. It's like you're not really fighting. You don't really know what it's like um, to be in the throes of this actual struggle. And as I was reading about this card, I was really thinking about our presidential um, situation where, you know, the president hasn't served um, in the military and some of the, um, some of the aspects of leadership, it's not just the president, but some of the aspects of leadership feeling really um, removed from the situation or the everyday lived experience. So as in my time as a crisis counselor, I got to spend a significant amount of time in people's homes and in um, hospitals trying to do um, intakes, working with families um, in the mental health system. Um, and I've spent some, uh, some time in juvenile detention facilities, both as a crisis counselor and in a previous job. And there's, there's this real removal, I feel, um, from people who can like kind of read something or what I'm seeing is that people can read things on the internet or see images, but this lack of empathy and this lack of ability to kind of enter into the actual lived experience, um, and sort of kind of keeping it at arm's distance. And so this five of wands, I even think about in my own my own life of in what way am I play acting at activism, right? Um, in what way am I just throwing money at a situation, but not really willing to get my hands dirty. And so this five of wands is really kind of coming up and feeling like, okay, so there's this unnecessary competition and sort of unfocused or superficial conflict. Um, that reminds me again of some of those online discussions. I just had one the other day where um, it was a friend of mine and one of her relatives posted a tangent on the on um, her post, and it. I just I took it down that rabbit trail, kind of an of an of a needless argument that didn't solve anything and actually made it more um, probably entrenched in our divisiveness. So five of wands is speaking to me, five of swords is speaking to me as some experiences that we're going through right now. Some feelings of defeatedness, um, loss, mental loss, maybe some hopelessness and helplessness, um, a feeling of competition or a spirit of competition rather than sort of like wanting to unify it's really wanting to separate us over here them over there um, we're going to kind of really put things in a binary black or white and I don't want to talk to people that maybe are going to have a different thing to say um, a different opinion because they're scary and they're wrong and they're bad and they don't they don't know anything 
So moving down, as I think from air into fire, down into water. So we have the five of cups and the five of cups is described um, as a dark cloaked figure looking at three prone cups, two other cups stand upright behind him. There is a bridge in the background. And this is a card of loss. Something has been taken, the three, the three cups that have been spilled out, but two are left. And it is a card of inherent, inheritance and transmission. Um, and it may be a card of marriage, but without bitterness and frustration. When I think of when I think of the cups and I see this card, I, I think a little bit about crying over spilt milk and an inability to move on, sort of feeling um, like, yeah, just like an inability to move on and a stunted emotional growth. So as I've been reflecting on this these last couple of weeks, I've been working really hard to try to find compassion for the people that I see as other, um, because I'm seeing that those people that I see as other are othering others. And now that starts to kind of get into be a little bit of some verbal gymnastics. But when I see people say that immigrants are others and that these children are not our children and that it doesn't matter that it's a three-year-old or a five-year-old, um, sort of the dehumanizing language that I'm experiencing of people describing the, the children that are just like my children, um, describing them in that way, um, I then start to other the people who are othering that being like Republicans over here in this category or men or white men or white man evangelicals or people like my dad or people like Trump. And I can kind of go down this rabbit trail of being like, I'm in the good camp, I'm in the human camp, and dehumanizing those monsters, those a-holes, those whatever. In reading about the Five of Cups, one of the things that came um, to my attention was this, this inability to move on or, or an injured younger version of self at play. And it stopped me in my tracks because there was um, an article that I read this week that said that when Donald Trump was 13 years old, he was sent to a military boot camp where he was um, verbally abused, possibly um, emotionally for sure, possibly physically abused by men. It was a military boot camp, right? And being separated from one's family at 13 when you're still so young um, and being subjected to sort of that really um, intense, aggressive, bullying behavior at a young age, it just made me think of how many of the people that are in power have that scared little kid inside them that they can't access because that would be too vulnerable, not for them 
just personally, but for them politically, etc., um, that they can't access the empathy for the other, for the actual eight-year-old or 13-year-old or eight-month-old, because they are cut off from that part of themselves. Um, and so they're unable to even um, grieve those losses and see what they actually have um, because they're holding so tightly to that other part. And it's the rest is hidden from them. They can't even access that. And as I was thinking about that, like, where's my heart? Um, continuing for me to do my own shadow work, my own digging into my own self and looking at um, the parts of me that I don't want to look at. And bringing them into the light because then um, I can move past that inability to move on. I can move through that. I can move forward. I've also been thinking sort of collectively, we as white people who benefited from um, the stolen land of the United States and really benefited from a lot of early on government policies that gave, um, I know, for example, my specific family, both my adoptive family and my biological family really benefited from like the homesteading act that gave land and to not negate my ancestors struggles to eke out a living without electricity, you know, in a wheat farm of however many acres. And yet at the same time, um, we're moving away from that um, as being this glowing, shiny, beautiful example of like the American dream and sort of recognizing um, it for what it is, that it contributed to the atrocities of Native American youth being separated from, from their families and um, boarding schools and reservations and all of that um, awful history that happened. And then... African African Americans being descendants from people that have been stolen from Africa. And then, you know, he, right here in the Seattle area, um, you know, we had the Japanese um, internment camps just down the street a little ways. There was um, the Puyallup Fairgrounds that was um, the beginning of an internment camp for, for Japanese folks during World War II. So really kind of examining some of those histories of like, how can we move forward as a country, as a people, and who are we as a people, um, and kind of wanting to really look at re-examining some of the history, and that's going to mean loss there and grief, um, that we have to, we have to reconcile and we have to look at some of that, that collective history that we participated in to move forward. So moving further down, so we've gotten like the water that kind of rolls and runs over the earth and then heading into the pentacles. So the pentacles is a suit of earth and it is the last suit that we're going to talk about. And the five of pentacles is described as two men, oh, two mendicants in a snowstorm pass a lighted casement. So it's really um, 
that is kind of like such archaic language. It's really two people that are kind of walking in a snowy situation. They don't look to be having shoes on. Um, and they kind of like, they pass a, a building that has these pentacles. And the meaning is really about like material trouble. So the feeling of, um, hard financial times, um, and I came across the the keyword that money can't buy you love. So I've been really thinking about this struggle and the struggle with money and sort of the collective struggle if we're if we're in this cycle, if we're in this journey of um, how do we deal with money and career and sort of the things of the earth. And I keep thinking about capitalism and how we're all participating in um, this cycle and this system of capitalism that is really designed by design to have winners and losers um, and how so many of us are not okay with that system and yet have to participate in that system and choose to participate in that system because it is the system that we have. Um, and how do we, how do we even begin to imagine something different? Um, as well as the people that are really, really benefiting from the system, myself included as a middle-class person, I really do benefit from, from capitalism. Um, and so how do, you know, people who want to hold so tightly to this system um, and are so afraid of poverty and being destitute, I think about some of the people who I see online specifically um, and the, some of the people that are making comments on, you know, the news shows around um, the Im immigrants, people coming here to seek asylum and you should have followed the law and you should have done this and that. And the other thing, and I keep thinking about how scared everyone must be, um, that they could potentially lose it all, right? That, um, the stock market could crash or that by, by nothing more than just dumb luck, they were born on the right side of a border, and they're in this situation and sort of that, that five of pentacles really feels like to me a kind of a wake up call um, of the fear of being back in that <laughs> pioneer lifestyle, right? That in, in our ancestral trauma, there's the reminder that people fled to this country. Yes, there was colonization and they took over and they kicked out people and they were, there was horrible atrocities, but there's this fear of being poor and this fear of being persecuted, persecuted and this fear of basically being those immigrant refugees, people who need to seek asylum. There is a lived fear in our DNA that we aren't being um, mindful of and speaking into, into that, um, and just kind of running, um, sort of from the unconscious, like letting it guide our, guide our ship. And, um, so having this five of pentacles mentality of like, I could lose it all and I have to hold so tightly to it. And, and, or I feel like I don't have anything, um, 
or fear that I'm not going to have anything or somebody's going to try to come and take it away from me and there isn't enough to go to to go around. So that's what's really been sitting on my mind um, in this last week is trying to find truth from the current situation reflected in the images of the tarot card tarot cards um and trying to ask my myself questions okay where can i enter into this story where am i participating in this if i'm consciously willfully participating in this um do i want to be um is there a different way so when i'm online and i'm feeling that five of wands that com- competition and that sort of like right what i feel is like righteous anger and i'm kind of putting on my like you know um internet black lives matter shirt and i'm showing up in this way and then really kind of checking myself and being like whoa jenna back up like is this five of wands energy is there is there another use of this energy is there another way that i can like transform this energy um do i want to be embodying this if i see the rest the collective embodying this is there a way that i can help participate in a new system that's going to move move us forward so those are the some of the things that i've been thinking about in this last week unfortunately i don't have any easy answers i don't have any like quick recipes for how to like make this better um i've been you know donating money to Together Rising and Raices. Um, I've been using the resist bot and texting my representatives. I've been posting things. I've been attending community um, community gatherings. Um, I live less than three miles from a detention center here in SeaTac, um, Washington, where there's like 174 mothers who've been separated from their kids. Um, so I'm trying to do those things so that I don't get stuck um, in the f- energy of the five while yet understanding that like any journey, sometimes we're just in that halfway point and sometimes it just sucks and we can't get stuck there. If we're on a road trip, I'm going to use the example. If I'm on a road trip from Seattle to Spokane to visit like my husband's grandparents who lived in Spokane, um, I can't just get stuck in Moses Lake, which we would affectionately call Moses Hole, right? Like it's halfway. There's not a lot there. No offense to anyone who might be listening from Moses Lake. But if I'm, if I'm driving across the state, I can't get stuck halfway, right? I have to keep going. So what do we do to keep going? If you have any suggestions, if you have any insight into um, the fives specifically, but if you have any suggestions um, for how do we keep going, me as an individual, you as an individual, us as a collective, what even that collective, who is us? let me know. Send me an email at leorisingtarot at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram or send me a voice memo if you use the Anchor app. I will connect with you guys next week. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. 
But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.